Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Wednesday night united I'm excited about what God is doing all that he's promised us is coming to pass Uh, I can truly say uh, as uh, Solomon said when he was praying uh, over the temple that uh, he had built for the Lord he said not one good word that he's promised has failed to come to pass and so we're excited about what God is doing and what God is saying to us And we want to continue tonight with this subject that we've been on on Wednesday nights entitled, What the Spirit Says. I believe this is the sixth part of this. And I know that last week we dealt with uh, more along the lines of the word of knowledge and how the Spirit will speak to us through that. And of course we felt like that was what the Lord would have us minister last week. And... uh, in seeking the Lord about uh, to continue this series or, or uh, you know, to take a break, I felt led of the Lord to keep moving forward because uh, knowing the importance of what the Spirit says and knowing what the Spirit says is uh, vital in the life of the believer. It's, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, We've made mention in this series that seven times Jesus said to seven different churches in Asia Minor, he said, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So to hear and discern what the Spirit is saying is important. It's crucial. But then to hear and discern what the Spirit is saying and doing, I must be spiritual. All right? If I want to hear and discern what the Spirit is doing, then I have to be spiritual. I have to understand spiritual things. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 15 is where we'll uh, begin. It says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Now, it's important that we understand this word spiritual because uh, for some people, uh, being spiritual uh, revolves around uh, what you do, meaning this that if they pray a certain uh, amount of time or if they read a certain amount of scripture or if they walk around with their head in the clouds and, and, and they say spiritual things, oh, that person's spiritual. Well, but it's deeper than that because it's describing what you are, not just what you do. Amen. I I, I liken it to this. Uh, A son of a father can look like his father, act like his father, but he's not his father. All right? He, He is yet himself. When the Bible says he that is spiritual... It's describing what you are, all right, or what you should be. Because that word spiritual means divine. Divine. Now, there are people that will immediately say, well, uh, you know, Pastor, I'm not divine. Well, but let's read on, and I believe it'll help you. Divine or non-carnal or regenerate. Or we could say regenerated. 
So this is referring to a person who is of divinity, non-carnal and spiritually regenerated. So that means that those of us that are of God are to be spiritual because we are of divinity. Look at your neighbor and say, I am of divinity. All right? The word judge here means to discern. He that is spiritual judges all things or discerns all things. Now notice that. And people will say, well, we're not to judge. Well, we're not to judge people. We're not to judge people. But notice something. This is talking about things. This is talking about events, happenings, situations. It says that the spiritual man judges all things or discerns all things. Amen. Now, this is not a gift of discernment. There is no such gift. This is a spiritual discernment that every believer can attain to. A spiritual discernment that every believer can attain to. Because hear me, there are things that must be discerned spiritually. And the only way I can discern them spiritually is if I'm spiritual. To discern something spiritually, I have to be spiritual. Hallelujah. We're called to live in a natural world on a spiritual level. Jesus said in John 17, at least twice, he told the disciples and once told the Father that they are in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. Amen. So of, of course, is that preposition that denotes the substance of a thing, the source, the fountain, all right? Jesus said that the disciples were in the world, but not of it. You and I are in the world, yet not of the world. We're called to live in a natural world, but we're called to live in this world on a spiritual level. Because there are things that we hear and see and if we're spiritual, we can discern the truth. We can discern if what we're hearing is of God. Amen. Do you see this? Uh, I remember one time I was in a, in a meeting. I was actually in a meeting in uh, South America, in a country in South America. And... Uh, uh, the group that I was with, we were visiting about some things that we had heard, and what it came down to was they could recognize that I did not agree with what was being done. And here's why. Because in the service... I didn't respond like everyone else was responding. Now, people will say, well, why was that? Was it not your taste of, of, of service? Was it not? No. On the front row, I discerned that's not the Holy Spirit. It wasn't evil. It wasn't wicked. It wasn't devilish. It just was not the Holy Spirit. And when you're spiritual... You discern those things, and you judge that is not the Holy Spirit. 
Pastor Michelle and I have been in meetings before, and someone would be preaching, and they would say something, and, and the people would just bounce off the walls and jump on their feet and clap and shout and run, and we would either sit there or just stand uh, sort of motionless wondering why are they shouting about this when there's no truth in it? It's not the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's not being arrogant. That's not being prideful or putting yourself on a different plane. That is you being spiritual. Hallelujah. If we're spiritual, we can discern the truth. We can discern if what we're hearing is of God. I use this example. When Pastor Michelle and I first got a hold of the Word of God, I've told you, and I won't go into all of it, uh, how we needed everything. And our focus for a 40-day period of time, we shut off everything else, and we were focused for 40 days on what the Word said about prosperity. And we were listening to a financial conference from World Changers Church in Atlanta, Georgia, with Creflo Dollar, and, and he had other ministers ministering, and one of them was Leroy Thompson. And Leroy was preaching, and he made this statement. He said, somebody needs to just shout out loud, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Now listen, sitting on the floor of the living room leaned up against the wall in that little room of the house. When Leroy Thompson said that, it went right into my spirit, and my spirit reached out and grabbed that, and I realized for the first time in my life, I don't have to be broke. I don't have to be poor. I recognized that was truth. My life changed financially from that moment. My life changed financially from that moment. But now, now listen, but that's been a progression. I was talking to my wife not too long ago. We were sitting out on our uh, back deck uh, enjoying the evening, and she was talking to me about some things that the Lord had been dealing with her about, and she made this statement. She said, you and I are constantly pushing past the limits of the poverty mindset that we had that we had grown up with and when she said that I immediately recognized that as truth now I didn't jump up on the deck and shout and run but I received it into my spirit as truth why I discerned that's truth amen when you're spiritual you do that Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I know the Lord led me to say this to this person, and they didn't receive it. Why do you think they didn't receive it? I have the answer. They're not spiritual. They're not spiritual. It's not a, a, a knock or being condescending or judgmental about that person. It's, we're going to read this as we move on. The Bible says if a person is carnal and naturally minded, they cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They cannot because they're foolishness to them. I remember when we first started pastoring the church, uh, this would have been, I believe, on a Sunday night. And uh, really, maybe to this day, I don't understand all of it, but I know what the Lord told me to do, and, and I understand part of it. I was ministering, and the Lord asked me to crawl around that church. Now, back then, the sanctuary that you're sitting in did not have uh, the chairs that it has or, or didn't look anything like it looks today. We had pews on either side of the building with a, 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 a aisle in the middle, and you could walk around the side of the pews here by the wall and, and over here as well. And 
I just did what the Lord told me. I got on my knees and I crawled around this way. And this spirit of intercession was on me. Just this, this guttural groaning was coming out of my spirit. And I groaned all the way around that section of seats. And I came up the center aisle groaning in the spirit. And when I got back to the front, that spirit of intercession lifted. It just lifted off of me. And I got up and, and went back into, into not necessarily what I was saying, praying for people, doing what I needed to do. And uh, what the Lord revealed to me was, was that, number one, there were things I was praying about in the spirit, in that spirit of intercession, and then that there was people there that needed to see that I was not above obeying God, regardless of what he said. For whatever reason, they needed to see that. Now, there were people that left that service, and here's what they said. Well, that didn't make no sense. Why would he crawl around? That didn't make any sense. Well, I may not understand something or understand why God has something done a certain way, but if I'm spiritual, I will recognize that there's something spiritual about it, and I may not understand why it's being done that way, but that is spiritual, that is right and in line with the Spirit, and I can receive it. Right? Why did Jesus spit on the ground and make clay out of his spit, the Bible says, and put it in a man's eyes. I don't know. I've heard of natural people say there was something healing about the clay. Or, or uh, you know, I've heard people say that spitting uh, in someone's face means that you cancel the authority of that person. And Jesus was canceling the authority of the blind man, of the blindness in that man's life. I don't know if that's what it was or not, but here's what I know. I know that it's in the Word of God and I know this, that I'm spiritual, so I see it, and I realize that it's God's Word, and I take it for what it is. I don't need to know why he did it. I just need to know the end result, and the end result was the man was healed. Amen. Hallelujah. We can do this because we're not carnal, but spiritual. Amen. Notice this. It's important. We are in the flesh, but we're not of the flesh. Not the real us. The man on the inside is growing stronger every day. Right? You can look in the mirror and you have a few more gray hairs. You have a few more wrinkles, right? You look, you look a little older. But the Bible says the inward man is renewed day by day. So in reality, the real me is stronger than I was 15 years ago. Better off than I was 20 years ago. Because I'm growing in the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because we are spiritual, we have an accurate source of knowledge to discern from. Our spirit. Accurate source of knowledge. The natural man does not have this same advantage. And when I say natural, remember, I'm talking about the person that lives out of their natural man. They live out of their carnal nature. They don't have access to that same knowledge. All of us live in the flesh, but we don't live out of the flesh. Right? Everybody is called to live in this world, but not of this world. Amen. If I only live on a carnal, solical level, 
there are things I can miss. There are issues that will pass me by. And, and the danger with that is then you begin to make decisions based on how you feel and based on, on what excites you or doesn't excite you, based on what you see, based on what you hear. And what happens is then you begin to bypass the spiritual side of you. You begin to bypass the spirit man and you make decisions out of your mind and you make decisions out of your will and your emotions and that's a dangerous place to be. As a believer, I'm supposed to operate and use my mind and use my wisdom naturally that I have, right? But I make my decisions out of my spirit. And there are times I make decisions that are spiritual decisions that require the bypassing of my thinking. And if you reverse that, then your order is reversed and you lose access to the knowledge that you need and there are things that you can miss. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you're right there, verse 1. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, notice that, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So what was the evidence that these believers were carnal? The fact that they still needed to be fed with milk. They could not handle spiritual things, spiritual truth. Glory to God. In uh, Hebrews 5, Hebrews chapter 5, and uh, verse 12, notice, he says, For when the time that you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again what be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat, notice this, belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, here's the word, to discern both good and evil. He that is spiritual judges or discerns all things. And and. Paul says here in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that the reason that some people can receive things that others cannot is that they have exercised themselves to discern both good and evil. The Roos Bible says solid food belongs to those who are spiritually mature to those who on account of long usage have their powers of perception exercised to the point that they're able to discriminate between that which is good in character and that which is evil. So notice this, long usage, on account of long usage, have their powers of perception exercised to the point that they can discern. But notice, what does it require? Long usage. The exercising of this spiritual discernment. The exercising of my spirit man. So the ability to discern or judge a thing comes from exercising that discernment. If, if you just go down the road and, hey, whatever will be, will be, and, 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 and you never tap into that spiritual side where you're spiritually discerning things, there are things you'll miss. Amen. Here, understand this, that word exercise, exercise themselves. It means to exercise vigorously. Here's a phrase I like, or to train, or to train. Exercise vigorously 
or to train. Hallelujah. So, even in the natural, if I regularly exercise or I regularly train my body, there are things I'll be able to do, things that I'll be able to accomplish, things that I'll be able to succeed in that the individual that does not exercise themselves cannot. Hallelujah. And notice, he says, I need to do that vigorously. Exercise vigorously or train. So I can train my spirit through vigorous exercise to discern things in the spirit. But I have to exercise my spirit. I have to exercise my discernment exercise my ability to see things on a spiritual level because there are people that will shout the walls down over wrong teaching hallelujah they, they get worked up emotionally because they cannot discern spiritually and so it's the fervor it's the emotional fervor I have to watch that as a pastor, as a minister, because uh, uh, there are times that you'll be ministering and maybe you'll hit a point that really stirs someone or excites them and they'll really start shouting and they'll really start amening. There's nothing wrong with that. But I have to exercise my discernment and understand, okay, if I'm not careful and I get over into my natural man about that, I can think, oh, boy, that's where, God's, oh, that's where God wants me to stay. That's where God, yep, that's, that's where God's lighting because look, look at the response. The response does not mean that's where I need to stay. It, it may have fired that person up. It may have excited them. But if I'm not cautious, their natural excitement will start pulling me down a road and I can miss out on the revelation that God wants to give the entire body because of the natural excitement of one person. Now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be uh, excited and shout and run and jump and dance in church. All of those things are applicable and you know we do all those things. But here's what I want you to understand. That just because someone is shouting and running and jumping is not evidence that what they're hearing is truth. And I've got to be able to discern that. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I am spiritual. I remember some years ago, uh, there was a, a certain doctrine that came out. And, uh, you know, T.L. Osborne told Jerry Savelle one time, he said, he said, everything, and, and it, was, it was a time when, when, you know, a fad doctrine was out, and he said, everything that we're hearing today, he said, we heard it 30 years ago. It's just repackaged and recycled in another name or another form or another fashion. And, that, and that's the truth. So when this doctrine came out and began to be preached widely in the church, I didn't grab a hold of it because, you know, I know that, that certain things are fads. But it began to gain momentum and it began to gain some, some traction. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, now, I don't want to miss it because if a lot of what is being taught is you, I want to get in on it and I want... I want, I want to minister everything that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. And that's when the Lord said something to me. He said, you stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. He said, you keep preaching the pure word of faith in the manner that you learned it and all will be well. That's what he said. Now, understand this. 
every person that was preaching that doctrine was not wrong. And when I would listen to certain ones minister along those lines, I could discern that what they were saying was truth. But when I would listen to other people mention, uh, uh, preach along those lines, I could discern that what they were saying was not truth. And people would say, well, it was the same thing. It was not the same thing. There was, there was a difference in the spirit realm in what one was saying from what the other one was saying. Amen. I can hear certain people preach and preach on faith and teach on faith and know by sitting there that they know the subject of faith and they know, and they know the, uh, the principles maybe of how it's supposed to work but they don't work it. Why? There's no spirit of faith with it. But yet I can sit and listen to somebody that has the spirit of faith, and in five minutes I'm like, I like him. I like what's being said. Why? Because I recognize that is the spirit of faith. I had a gentleman come one time, and him and his wife, and minister at the church on a Sunday morning. And they were from a very well-known church, very large church, a Word of Faith church. And uh, they were going to be going out of the country and starting a, a ministry. And, and uh, the daughter was actually, uh, or the daughter, the wife was actually the daughter of a friend of mine. And uh, so I had them at the church. And, of course, he asked me what he would like what I would like him to minister on. And, and I just made the statement that, you know, we, of course, faith builders, right? We've been preaching on faith. And uh, so he said, okay. And he ministered uh, a message on faith. And I sat there, and it, it was kind of like sitting down at a meal that it looked so good and it looked so satisfying. And then when you dug in, it was just bland. There was no seasoning. There was no, there was no uh, 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 taste to it, right? The, the only thing you could say about it was, I ate. You couldn't say you necessarily enjoyed it. Uh, you couldn't say it was horrible. But what you could say was something was missing. Now, people say, what was missing? The spirit of faith. How did I know that? I discerned it. Why? I'm spiritual. Amen. And I discern things. In the church, in the local church, the, the Bible says, uh, talking about the, the vocal gifts of the Spirit, and it says, uh, you know, that if there's no interpreter, that the person should just be quiet. If there's no one to interpret, the person should not give a message in tongues. Uh, Brother Hagin said one time, and uh, talking about himself and J.R. Goodwin, he said that he believed that what that verse was talking about was the gifts of the Spirit in the, in the local church, and that the interpreter was the pastor, that the pastor should interpret the moving of the Spirit and, and uh, organize things accordingly. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it can be proven scripturally. But here's the point. So people will say, well, you know, Pastor, you're, you're saying that, that you're spiritual and you discern. Yes, I'm spiritual, and I can discern if what's going on in the church should be going on or if it doesn't need to be going on. Every believer has that ability and that capability. You understand? And so I discern by the Spirit that there's no spirit of faith in that. Amen. Uh, I had another man minister at the church. And uh, the message that he preached, it could have been real good. There was a couple things that he did that, that I didn't like. But here, here's the thing, is when he started preaching and he got into what he was going to preach about, I knew right away, okay, this isn't right. Not, 
sinful not right, this is not good doctrine. Now, because you're taught good doctrine, if somebody preaches bad doctrine, it's not going to throw you off. Right? Now, if somebody gets up and they preach something that's just false doctrine, well, we've got to stop that. But here's what I, I, I come to understand. I knew immediately it wasn't right. And I have no notes on that message. And I'm a note taker when somebody's ministering. I have no notes on it because it wasn't right. Amen. And I wasn't the only one that discerned that. There were other people that discerned it, came talk to me about it. Now, why is this so important? Because you get to that place by exercising yourself and you recognize that just because people are worked up emotionally and I might be there in that emotional atmosphere, that if I am discerning in my spirit that this is not of God, then I'm not going to get worked up emotionally and I'm not going to allow myself to be pulled into it. Hallelujah. Some people have no spiritual discernment. And they have no spiritual discernment because they never mature. They never become spiritually strong. I've known people that have been saved a long time and have no spiritual discernment. No ability to judge things spiritually. Here's why. Length of time saved does not mean spiritual maturity. You could be born again 30 years and still be a baby. Right on the other hand, you could be born again a year and be more spiritually mature than somebody that's been saved 25 years that never exercised themselves. See, this, this is the issue that, that the church... I've heard it talked about ever since I've been a part of the church. Oh, yeah, a person will get saved, and man, the first six months they'll just grow, and they'll just, they're vigorous, and they're this, and they're that. And then after that first six months, boy, once, that, once the honeymoon's over, they're up for a letdown. That's sad. If that's the case, that's sad. Because here's, here's why that is. They get a hold of the things of God and they want to know everything they can about God. And they're getting in the Word, they're praying, they're doing what they're told, they're listening to their pastor, they're doing what they're told. That's why they're growing. That's why they're maturing. And if you will stay in that pattern and you will stay in that vein, you will grow and you will spiritually mature and you'll be able to discern and judge if something's spiritual or not. And what happens with a lot of believers, not you, but what happens with a lot of believers is they get to a place and they start coasting. Here's the best attitude for you to have. I will never know it all. I can learn from the day I get born again to the day I go to heaven, whether that be through uh, 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 the, by way of the grave or the rapture of the church and I will still be learning. Amen. Do, do you see this? So length of time saved does not mean a person spiritually mature. Well, how could that person fall for that? They've been saved 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. If they didn't have any spiritual discernment, they could not judge correctly. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I'm judging you and my judgment's true. How is his judgment true? He was spiritually mature. He was a spiritual man. Am I helping you tonight? In 1 Corinthians 2, we'll go back over to 1 Corinthians 2. And uh, verse 9, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. Now the things in verse 12 are the things in verses 9 and 10, including the deep things of God. Now here's something I found, and I've studied this at length, and, I, and I'm getting more light. Uh, don't know it all, but we're going to know. This word things, you really can't define it. When, when you look it up in the Greek, and you look it up in the concordance, there's really no definition for it in terms of what we think of as things. You know, when people think of things, they think of, 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 of uh, uh, supply, houses, cars, uh, things of that nature. Even things like healing and, and things that were prepared for us before the foundation of the world. And those are certainly a part of it. But these are more revelatory things. Wisdom, knowledge, comprehension, insight into God's plans, uh, direction. All right? That's, that's more what these things are. The deep things of God. The hidden wisdom. The hidden wisdom. Do you see this? This is so important. Because I have access to these things. How do I get them? Be spiritual. He that is spiritual, right, can know all things, even the deep things of God. Hmm. Verse 13, notice, which things also we speak not in the words which men's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Woos Bible says, which things also we put into words. Now notice, not in words taught by human philosophy, but in words taught by the Spirit. So now Paul is talking about his ministry, and he says, I am teaching you these things, I'm putting them into words, but I didn't learn them from human philosophy, I was taught them by the Spirit. And notice it goes on and says, fitly joining together Spirit-revealed truth with Spirit-taught words. So the Spirit reveals it, and, and, and I say what the Spirit has revealed, and here's the thing. For you to receive spiritual truth, you have to be spiritual. Hallelujah. There are people that you know and that I know that they receive on a, on a, on a consistently fleshly level. And then there are people that we know that they receive spiritual truth because they operate and live on a spiritual level. Glory to God. So this wisdom does not come from natural learning. It comes from spiritual discernment. It comes from discerning things spiritually. I, I want access to that wisdom. I want access to those deep things of God. Verse 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, I need you to see this. He, he contrasts spiritual with natural. 
Now remember our definition of spiritual. Divine or that which is of divinity, right? Or regenerate. Regenerated. Which that's you. When you got born again, you became of God. You became of divinity and you were regenerated. You were made new. You were uh, uh, created as a new creature in Christ Jesus. Right? Well, the Woos Bible says, this is so important, but the unregenerate man of the highest intellectual attainments does not grant access or is not granted access to the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because to him they are folly and he's not able to come to know them because they are investigated in a spiritual realm. Hallelujah. So notice, he's saying that the spiritual man is regenerated of divinity, but then there's the natural man, the unregenerate man, and he says the man that is not spiritual can have the highest intellectual attainment and he will not have access to the things of the Spirit of God because they will be foolishness to him because they are spiritually discerned or investigated or judged in a spiritual realm. Amen. So natural wisdom, no matter how great, will not get us access to the things of the Spirit of God. Just won't. And, and that brings us to that part of that verse that we read where it says, He that is spiritual judges all things, right? But he, notice what it says. It says, Yet he himself is judged of no man. Yet he himself is judged of no man. Well, what does that mean? Well, he explained it in verse 14. The things of the Spirit and therefore spiritual people make no sense to naturally minded people. Not that we're weird. It's not that we're different in the way we dress, the way we talk, the way, right? It's that we're seeing things that they don't see. I remember one time I ministered at a church and, uh, uh, the Spirit of the Lord had moved while I was preaching. And uh, uh, I mean, the glory came in and, and I prayed for people and, and did what my part. And uh, then I turned it back over to the pastor. And understand this now and, and hear what I'm saying. The Spirit of the Lord subsided. The emotions of the people Stayed at that fever pitch. I went back into the office and the pastor came back with me in, in a few moments and uh, gave me the honorarium. And then he said, whew, pastor, I'm sorry. I, I got to leave you. I got to get back out here and what you started. Well, there's two, two things wrong there. Number one, I didn't start it. The Holy Spirit did. Secondly, that was all human emotion. They were dancing and running and shouting when, when me and my uh, assistant left. Now, people say, how do you know that wasn't God? I'm spiritual. I discerned when he was done. Are you following me? Now, was that wrong for them to do that? Not wrong in a sinful manner, but it showed the level of spiritual maturity that that body was at. Amen. And when you're spiritually discerning, now, don't take this and go too far the other way. You know that any expression is not spiritual. Well, that's wrong. That's false. That is just as spiritually immature. All right? The Bible talks about the manifestations of the Spirit of God. We need those. But someone who is spiritual 
right? We've talked about the lady that, that when she, we would be in prayer meeting and she would be walking around a, a prayer meeting uh, of, in a church, the pastor that I knew, and uh, she would start going, Therefore, she got the name Sister Chicken. Now that, right? And, and it is humorous. But she thought that was the Spirit of God. And there were two things wrong there. She was immature in thinking that was the Spirit of God. The pastor was in error by not bringing her to the side and counseling her and saying, Now, dear sister, that's not the Spirit of God. Because the pastor is to be the spiritual one or one of the spiritual ones. And they need to bring that whole church up to the level of being spiritual. Pastor Caldwell tells the story of pastoring their first church. And he said one night he had a guest speaker and a, a, a lady came to the altar. And he said she got down there and, and began to pray. And that all of a sudden she started going, Roof! Ruff, 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 barking like a dog. And he said, I looked at the evangelist and I said, uh, what are you going to do about that? He said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not the pastor. And so he said, I went down, knelt down beside her, and he said, finally, I had to say, hey, sister, now hush that, hush that. And he got her quieted down, and the next day she came to meet him, and she said, I want to know, you know, why you did that. And he said, because that wasn't God. And she said, yes, that's how God moves on me. And he said, no, sister, God doesn't do that. And through the, the, the process of the conversation, you know, she finally admitted that she did that because that's how she was raised, and she came to see that wasn't God. Now, people say, well, that's obvious that that wasn't God. Well, evidently, it wasn't obvious to a lot of people because she was taught that was God, and she thought that was God. Who was it obvious to? Somebody with spiritual discernment. Right? I went to minister for a pastor one time who was in the hospital, and they had invited me over to minister. And... Uh, I don't remember exactly when the Lord told me, but it was before I got in the pulpit. He said, when they ask you to minister, you are to minister and say what I say, what I've told you to say, and then sit down. He said, don't pray for anybody. Don't have an altar call. Do nothing more than minister. Are you with me? Well, I went in, and I understood immediately why the Lord said that. Uh, the pastor's wife got up and just raked that congregation over the coals. I mean, just left them bloody and raw over a number of different things. Well, sitting on the front row, I knew that wasn't right. It's not that a church never gets corrected or that the pastor never needs to be corrected in a measure, but... A pastor is never called to beat sheep. And uh, I got up and ministered. And, and believe it or not, I don't, I don't even think I ministered. I think I ministered maybe about an hour, maybe 45 minutes. And uh, uh, I got done, and I looked at the associate, and I said, uh, I'm going to turn it over to our brother. And he looked at me, and he said uh, out loud, he said, Oh, brother, Throw the gates open. Invite people to come to prayer and, and come for prayer. And I, I looked at him. I said, no, I'm done. And uh, I went and sat down. Well, he kind of fumbled around then got up. He really didn't know what to do. But people will say, well, you know, why is that important? I discern spiritually. This is what I need to do, and that's all I'm going to do. Are you following me? The things of the Spirit are investigated in a spiritual realm. And if a person, 
I'll try to start wrapping this up. If a person consistently violates the discernment of their spirit, they will gradually get more and more over into the natural realm and they can be more and more affected and moved by natural things and they open themselves up to things that are not of God. Amen. So important. But when I am discerning spiritually, notice what he says. He says that I can know the deep things, verse 10, of God. Because the Spirit is searching all things, even the deep things of God. That's what I want. I want the deep things of God. I want the hidden wisdom of God. I want those things that to some natural people do not make sense. But yet it's where God wants to move us. Yet it's where God wants to take us. And so in closing, what does that mean? That means that I cannot rely on emotions or feelings to tell me if what I'm hearing is of God or what I'm seeing is of God. I've used this illustration over the years. Uh, churches have their favorite songs, their pick if you will. And, and, and you can see sometimes when you, when you go to churches, that worship team will hit that first lick of the favorite song, and the people are like, whoa, yeah, praise God, you know, and, and, and they're ready. And, and you look around the church, and, and you just see heads bobbing up and down, and people shouting, and people praising God, because that is the favorite song. Well, here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can play and sing and do things that we know appeal to people's flesh and will miss the spiritual side of things. Look at your neighbor and say, we're growing. We're growing. I, I, I have a, a, a friend of mine that uh, they said for a number of years they traveled. They still travel. But at one point they had a very popular song that everybody knew. And they said, they said that uh, they got to this place where if they were struggling in a meeting, that they had a certain uh, cue for the sound person that traveled with them to start that song. And that without fail, I mean, not, you know, the presence of God would come. People would enter into a, a place of worship. And the problem with that, they said they found out, was that instead of relying on the Spirit, that began to be a crutch. We'll just play that song, and everybody will get into an attitude of worship. And the Lord dealt with them that that was wrong because it was shortchanging the people. Hallelujah. Now you say, Pastor, what does this have to do with what the Spirit says? If you're not able to discern spiritual things, how will you know what the Spirit's saying? And he said, the only way I can do that is exercise myself vigorously. Train my spirit. To what? To know what's right and wrong. To know not just sinful right and wrong, but is that God? Remember that uh, commercial years ago? Is it real? Is it live? Or is it Memorex? And they had these great singers that they would record their their voice on a Memorex tape and then they would show the person on a microphone hitting a high note and breaking a glass and then they would put the same microphone in front of the tape player and that Memorex cassette tape they would play it and 
they would hit that note and it would break the glass. Is it live or is it Memorex? You are so going to grow so much spiritually that in whatever environment you're in, you will never ever have to ask the question again, is that God or not? Because this body, these churches, are going to be so spiritually mature that we can discern the things of the Spirit, we can judge rightly the things of the Spirit, and we shall be, above all else, says the Lord, a people of the Spirit. And a people of the Word. And great things shall occur. And great moves of the Spirit shall abound, and an awakening shall surely come, and those that are in tune with the Spirit, says the Lord, will recognize it, comprehend, and move into it, and it'll be like moving into a fast-flowing river. There's no need to swim. There's no need to try to work. You're just going to get in it and just be pulled along by the move of the Spirit because you are spiritual people. So the Lord says to prepare yourself for even as the momentum begins to grow in, this, in these six months between May and November, I've already told you about the awakening that begins in the northern part of the nation and goes down into Texas and down into the southern part of the states, Arkansas, Little Rock, other places. That has begun. It has started. And you shall see manifestations of the Spirit on a level that you have never seen before and you will know in your spirit that that is of God because you are able to spiritually discern it. Creative miracle, mind-blowing, mind-staggering miracles are going to occur in the churches because the day of the Spirit of God has returned. Hallelujah. I believe God. I believe God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Just lift your hands tonight. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, you're here tonight. You're here tonight on Wednesday night. You're here and you came for something. I want you to stretch your hands out. Just stretch your hands out towards the front of the building. Stretch your hands out for, towards the front of the building. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if I physically touch you or not. I feel this anointing flowing right now. My, my, my hands are warm under the power of the Holy Ghost. It's flowing out right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you right now to impart into these people, into these watching. Father, I thank you that this anointing flows out of my spirit into their lives now in the name of Jesus. And I declare, I declare, I declare the end of what you've been facing and dealing with is closer than you think, and it shall happen speedily in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you. Oh, Father, thank you. Oh, Father, thank you. Oh, Father, thank you. Get that microphone. Come help me in the spirit. Uh, that, that handheld microphone. They're, they're getting a microphone for Pastor Michelle. I want her to help me in the spirit. Oh, it's the light of my word that you've been searching for 
It is the light of my word that will answer the situation and the circumstances that have withstood you. It is the light of my word, yet you will not discover the light of my word searching with emotional instruments, searching with instruments of reason, looking through the, uh, the uh, um, fog of confusion and natural thinking. You must look in the spirit because in the spirit are the answers that I've provided for you. O and the circumstance will have options, and you'll look to the left, and you'll wonder, is this the direction that I need to go? And there, you'll look to the right, and you'll wonder, is this the direction that I need to go? But when you look in your spirit, you'll know what is the correct leading, and you'll know what is the correct direction, because I have placed the uh, accurate uh, guidance system within you. The guidance of my Holy Spirit will lead you into the full measure of what I've prepared and into the days of heaven on earth that I have ordained for you to walk in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and in the light you will dance and in the light you will find liberty and in the light you will you will experience great joy and in the light you will make progress and in the light you will move forward and you will move into things that you've only dreamed of and you will move into things that go far beyond anything that you've seen in your natural dreams and in your natural expectations because the spiritual expectation is being stirred within you now. The spiritual expectation of what I desire and what I uh, have chosen for you, it is great and it is exceeding abundantly above all everything you have even asked. Ooh, glory, glory to God, glory to God. Lord, I receive that. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I receive everything that was just said. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now hear what the Spirit says to the church. Hear what the Spirit says to the church. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll stand up, everybody.